This is Sonia Hunter, and you are listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Radical Radiance Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I'm so thrilled to be with you today as we sit down with our new friend, Sonia Hunter, to talk all about her book, Unsurvivable. You guys, I was just blown away by her story and her testimony of God's faithfulness in the midst of a deep season of heartbreak and grief, and I think you're going to be so encouraged by her today. Before we get to it, I want to share about one of our sponsors, the Shine Bright Journal. The Shine Bright Journal is a free 100-page journal that you can go grab at RadicalRadiance.live that will walk you through a lot of the things that we talk about around here. What does it look like for us to radiate the heart of Christ in all we do? And I can't wait to hear how God speaks to you through it. So go grab it at RadicalRadiance.live. And don't forget, at the end of this episode, I will read a quick excerpt from this week's entry in the Radical Radiance Contributor Series. It is called Made New by Allison Myers. So make sure you listen all the way to the end, and I'll read you an excerpt of that. And help me welcome our new friend, Sonia, to the show. Welcome to the show, Sonia. I'm so excited to have you with me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am so inspired by your story and just your courage to write it down. To be honest, I found out about your story and your book, Unsurvivable, a couple of months ago. And I've been so excited about this conversation. And I know a little bit of your story, but I want you to share a little bit with listeners who are maybe just meeting you in this conversation, just about the story and the part of your life that has led to this book, Unsurvivable. Would you mind starting there? Sure. In 2006, you know, my worst nightmare as a mother and a wife came true for me. I lost my husband and my six-year-old son in a car accident, and my one-year-old son, Connor, was left with a spinal cord injury at C1, 2, and 3, which is where your head connects to your spine, so it left him a quadriplegic and on a ventilator, and we went through some really trying times, you know, if if he was going to survive or not, but all the miracles that we've seen God perform over the years has been just unbelievable. Yeah, it truly has. Yeah. So how did God give you this, this title of unsurvivable, right? Like you, um, you guys have walked through and survived the unsurvivable. And so I'm just thinking of somebody who's in a similar life story right now and they, they feel like their life is unsurvivable or what is before them feels unsurvivable how would you want to encourage them today? Well, you know, it's so how I came up with the name unsurvivable because it wasn't just an unsurvivable wreck for Connor because he shouldn't have survived the accident. And of course he wasn't expected to even make it through the first night, but it also was unsurvivable for me to for all the grief that I was going through, what I was having to deal with. So It was unsurvivable for all of us all the way around is how I came up with the name. Mm -hmm. And clearly we did survive. But, you know, one of the things um, that I always tell people is God is always with you, even if you can't see him, because there's lots of times, you know, my God, are you really with me through this? You know, and it reminds me of the um, picture that 
we all saw growing up, I always saw it in church growing up, of the footprints in the sand. Yeah. And you only see the ones footprints. And I guess I truly didn't really understand what that meant until it's happened in my life. And I realized that God was carrying me through most of the days, yeah. especially back then. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, how did this part of your story help you understand, just on a deeper deeper level, I guess, the brevity of life? Like, what did that teach you in that, kind of on the other side of such tragedy? Well, you know, when the accident happened, I was 29 years old. Yeah. And me and my husband, Chris, thought we had our whole life ahead of us. We'd be yeah. old, sitting on our porch rocking chair one day you know you don't you just kind of go through the motions of life almost thinking you're invincible nothing's ever going to happen to your little family and this has taught me that we're not guaranteed tomorrow and you know the importance of for one spreading the gospel of God because I'm so thankful that my husband was saved because he didn't have a choice that day to become saved and I know that one day I'm going to see them in heaven again and it taught me the importance of, you know, living life to to the fullest, 100% with your children. And because you just never know what tomorrow holds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I never would have thought that night before when I went to bed that I'd wake up and this would be my life. Yeah. So Absolutely. definitely taught me the importance of living life to the fullest. It yeah. really has. Yeah, man. And in the book, you talk about this idea of looking for the rainbow in the midst of a really dark storm, you know, for somebody who is in that really dark storm today and is listening, thinking, okay, Sonia, okay, Rebecca, I I get that that's like a cliche thing that we say, but I, I see a rainbow nowhere today. I'm in the midst of tragedy, disappointment, heartbreak. How would you want to encourage them to take steps towards hope and joy again. You know, it's, it's funny because my mom told me in the very beginning, you only have to get through today. Tomorrow truly doesn't exist yet. And, you know, you have to literally take it one day at a time, one step at a time. And it is a very mental challenge because, I mean, I had lots of days in the beginning where, I mean, I didn't even think I could, put one foot down on the ground. I mean, you know, and stand up and you really, I had to focus and go, okay, I've got two roads to choose here. Mm -hmm. Do I want to become this depressed, angry, bitter person, or do I want to try to find the joy in life Mm -hmm. again, even though everybody is a battle with that. It's not like you're going to just be like, Oh, I choose joy and you're going to be happy. It doesn't work that way. But with lots of prayer and lots of talks with God, you know, you just have to stay focused and just think, can I make it through today? If I can make it through today, then tomorrow I can tackle tomorrow. Yeah. But, and it's, like I said, it's, it's tough, but without prayer and really having that relationship with God, it's, that's truly the only way you can get through something like this. It really is. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking, I'm thinking, man, that's another piece of the brevity of life that we don't talk about, right? When we're in the midst of heartbreak and disappointment, it not only do we not have tomorrow guaranteed to us in terms of 
of just thinking about our tomorrows in that way. But when we are facing, when we are facing hard times, it's also the, the only getting through today part is all we're responsible for. And what an encouragement, you know, I'm thinking of the passage of he's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. He doesn't, he doesn't let us see 10 feet ahead of us. And there are times in my life, I know I I wish I could see that and that'd be really nice to see. But there are other times when we're going through something really tough that it's like, man, what grace is there that, that I don't know what's going to happen. Or I don't know um, the pieces of grief that I've not, processed and I don't know are coming yet right like we don't have to handle all of that in one day and I think that's such a gift that we don't talk about and so um really so good because I mean even today you know almost 15 years after the accident yeah I mean if I look into the future I can I can really start to like panic thinking into the future and I have to redirect myself back and go, we're not going to look into the future because the future doesn't exist yet. Only today exists at the moment. So it's really, really one of those things you just have to put into your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned prayer a couple of times. I wonder what did your prayer life look like when you were fresh on the other side of, of that tragedy? What did talking with God and communing with God, what did that look like? You know, it's funny. I I make sure to always tell people this. Um, You know, before the accident, of course, we were very involved in church, you know, had the boys involved in church. Um, But it's almost kind of looking back like I was going through the motions, if that makes sense. Not that we didn't teach the boys about God, pray with them, you know, loved God, was involved in everything. But it wasn't the same. My relationship then with God wasn't the same as it is now. And I think it's because when you go through a tragedy, if you're a Christian, I mean, that's all you've got. That's your only hope is, is God. Mm -hmm. And so God became like a father to me. I mean, you always hear that God's your father, all that, but I mean, truly he became like a father to me, like my earthly father here. And, you know, I could just, I still do. I can just have a conversation with him and, you know, where before I think I tried to make it to, um, trying to think what the word is, but, you know, almost professional before, where now mm. it's more of a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, there were times that I went through feeling angry at God, you know, yeah. but I was quick to come out of that because, yeah. you know, I do think God is a big God and he gave us all these emotions, but we can't stay angry. Mm. And, you know. I even went through, and actually I talk about this in my book, I even went through a a stage, it was a short stage, because I always tell myself, you got to get out of this, because God loves you, and He's for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. But I even went through a jealousy stage, where I was jealous that He had Adam in heaven with Him, and I didn't. And, you know, it's crazy, you wouldn't think you'd feel that way, but it's just all these emotions you go through, losing Mm -hmm. a child and a spouse, and I think, you know, it was tough because not only I couldn't even grieve everybody at the same time because it was too much, you know, so I would have to grieve in spurts. And Mm. plus I'm also taking care of Connor, who's very medically fragile and, Mm -hmm. you know, not sure if he's going to survive or not. So it's a, but my relationship with God now is totally different than it was Mm. before the accident. 
Hey friends, quick break in this conversation to remind you of something. If you are loving the show, you're loving the conversations we're having, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would leave a rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts for Radical Radiance. When that happens, when more of those happen, the show gets put in front of more women and in turn, it allows them the opportunity to take part in conversations that will show them more about what it looks like to radiate the heart of Jesus. And I can't think of anything better than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would take just two minutes of your time and leave a rating and a written review. I'd love to hear what you think. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. And it's truly a beautiful relationship. Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking, I thought of a quote and I pulled it up. It's, It's by Charles Spurgeon and it says, I have learned to kiss the wave that slams me into the rock of ages. And that's good. It's so good. And I always think about that when I have conversations like this, because it, it really is true that it's sometimes in our deepest grief, our toughest life seasons that we're brought to our knees and, and it deepens our relationship with God. And yes, you know, for me to say this sounds, it's the word, these words are really easy for me to say, but what a gift that even the hardest situations in our lives, they do drive us towards him and deeper fellowship and communion with him. And, um, yeah. So I just was thinking about that as you were talking and, you know, you've, you've talked about Connor a lot in this conversation and I just would love to hear how has motherhood, um, and your, just your relationship with Connor given you hope throughout your story? Well, you know, God definitely knew I needed Connor. And, and I say that now, clearly I wish that, you know, he wasn't a quadriplegic, but you know, it, God had a plan and I truly believe, um, that if Connor would have walked away from that accident, I might've gone into a deep, dark depression Mm -hmm. and not been able to pull myself out because, you know, with Connor being on a ventilator, all that I've had to step up and take care of him. I mean, I couldn't just hoard up in bed and be depressed. I had, I have to get up every morning and get his treatments going. We do physical therapy every day, but the bond that me and Connor have is unbelievable. Yeah. And God has truly blessed me through him. And, you know, it's just, it's hard to explain to somebody, but it's, and he's so full of joy God gave him such a sweet spirit. He could be depressed, you know, but he, if you, if he's not smiling, he's sick and you better get him to the doctor. Aww. But because the kid always has a smile on his face, the kid always wants to work hard with physical therapy. I mean, we do about three hours a day of intense physical therapy with him and he always puts a smile on his face. Me, I'm like, if I get on the treadmill for 20 minutes, I'm like, ugh, you yeah. know, so just... I mean, God is just, he's blessed me so much through him and anyone who meets him. I mean, like our community, we live in a smaller community and everybody knows him and they're just like, I just love seeing him and his smile. You can just see God through him. Yeah. But so, yeah, so my, the mother, I mean, God's just, it's funny because you always hear when you go through a tragedy, God will bless you. And it's hard in the middle of that to see that when you're in the midst of the tragedy. But then 
15 years down the road, I can look back and to see all these blessings that God has poured out yeah. into my life. And Absolutely. it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's truly so awesome. Is. Yeah. And I'm thinking of the person listening today who is um, just, maybe they're walking through a similar situation as what you have walked through. If you could go back and give yourself a piece of encouragement, um, you know, so many years on the other side of the accident, what would you tell yourself and what would you tell them? You're stronger than you think mm-hmm. and anything is possible with God. And it may not be, like I said, it may not be what you want. You know, mm-hmm. I have to I, I'm say that because clearly what I want would be Connor to be up walking running around, not having this injury. But like I said, I've seen God work so many miracles and Mm. so many, Connor has touched so many lives that it's unbelievable through God. And so that's the other kicker is that just because it's not what you want, doesn't mean God can't bless you and, and make your situation good again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough when you're in the middle of the situation, but that's one of the things that I've told myself because in the beginning, I truly didn't think I was strong enough to go through what I was going through. But now looking back, I clearly see with God, you can do anything. Yeah. That's so good. You truly can. That's so good. So encouraging. And so there's a question that I ask all of my guests that come on the show. And I'm so excited to ask you, Sonia, the podcast is called radical radiance with a heart to help women see how they can radiate the heart of Jesus in their life, their work, their relationships. And so I'd love to ask you what about Jesus makes you radiant? I think it goes back to what I was talking about before that he's, he's my father. And you know, I think a lot about the story of Peter walking mm-hmm. on water. And, you know, I've had to, through the years, I've had to have a lot of faith. And we've had some ups and downs with medical things with Connor through the years. And, you know, I've I've noticed that if, if I take my eyes off the Lord, I feel like I'm drowning. Mm-hmm. And especially in the beginning when that happened, I literally felt like I was drowning in grief and pain. And it's like if I look up to God, I can just see him. And it's like, he grabs my hand and pulls me out of that water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, it goes back to that father, you know, you, you trust him just like your earthly father, you know, they protect yeah. you, they love you. And it's, it's the same thing. I just, I think about that a lot. Yeah. That's so good. But yes, definitely that he's my father. So good. I love that. Well, I would love for you to share with everybody, where can they connect with you? Where can they grab the book? All of those things after they finish this conversation. Yes. And you can get, um, we do have a website, unsurvivablebook.com. Okay. But then we are also on Facebook, um, Connor McDougall. Um, he has a Facebook setup that I, I do. That's all it's, you know, set to public. So anybody can go see it and kind of keep up with him. Awesome. So very cool. Well, Sonia, I have loved hearing more of your story and how God has been at work in you and in Connor. And, um, I'm so inspired by how you've allowed God to use such tragedy in your life to bring hope to other people. And so I'm so excited to share unsurvivable with our listeners and I can't wait for them to get their hands on it. And I just want to thank you one more time for being my guest today. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
I hope you loved that conversation with Sonia as much as I did. And I hope you'll go support her by going and grabbing a copy of Unsurvivable. You can grab it on Amazon. The link to it is in the show notes on RadicalRadiance.live. And I am so excited to share a little bit of an excerpt from my friend Allison Meyer's entry on the Radical Radiance Contributor Series. It will release this Thursday. So here's a quick excerpt. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 I didn't become a Christian until I was 26 years old. Thus, I spent my childhood, college years, and early adult years of getting my first job and living on my own as an unbeliever. And those years were filled with all sorts of activities that you'd expect from someone who didn't know the Lord. Then, praise God, when I was 25, I met someone who was on fire for Jesus. Truth be told, I found him quite strange at first, and yet at the same time, I was curious. So I asked him questions, lots of questions. And for a period of about nine months, I slowly found myself pondering the things of God, learning about Jesus, and thinking about my eternal state. That's when it happened. I realized I, too, would be going to hell without Jesus and recognized that I needed his forgiveness for my mountainous pile of sins. I became a believer. Suddenly, I couldn't get Jesus off my mind, and he changed me. He changed the way I spoke. He gave me a love for others I'd never known, and he provided a brand new outlook on life, on everything, really. This Thursday, you can read the rest of Allison's entry. Again, it's called Made New, and it will be available at RadicalRadiance.live. If you're not already on my email list, I add all the links to the blog series that we're doing there as well. So you can go get on that at RadicalRadiance.live. All right, friends, I can't wait to be with you next podcast episode, and I will see you then.